Casey, are you there? I am here. Uh, hey, Casey. How hi, you doing? Hi, honey. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We're supposed to be doing some Bible studying today, right? Yes. Okay. Now, of course, all you guys know, we have a pre-meeting that we record for patrons, and that's actually up. If you are indeed a patron, that's up. Go over to patreon.com, Godless Engineer, right now. You can find it if you are a patron. If you're not a patron and you want to hear us ramble and do our pre-meeting show, then please go over there and subscribe. Or, or, you know, subscribe to the Patreon stuff for at least a dollar uh, a month. A, a month. Yeah. And you'll be able to get to all of our pre-meeting stuff. And that's pretty much all you get out of it. So. But yeah. for a buck a month, <laughs> for a buck a month, it's worth it. I'd say Listening so. to us ramble about what we're going to tell you here. Yeah. That's like <laughs> half a coffee. I know. Well, well, no, not like that's like a quart. Depending on where you get coffee. That's half a Starbucks media, no. midget coffee. No. No? Okay. Maybe a third of a Starbucks midget coffee. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, today's Bible study. It's a gang war, y'all. I don't know if you know this, but they recorded the first gang war. <laughs> okay? We're going to be talking about Joshua's gang war with Canaan. Uh, uh, also, this is not supported by history. But anyways, the West Side Kings vowed to stop Joshua. <laughs> The Gibbies were scared of Joshua, and the Gibbies—that's that's, that's uh, another uh, uh, one of the gangs on the West Side. Uh, the West Side Gibbies tricked Joshua, and then Joshua is of course tricked by them. But the Israelites make them their bitches later. Uh, the West Side Kings got pissed at the Gibbies, and the Gibbies were like, "Hey, Joshua, come help us!" And then the Israelites protected the Gibbies. Um, and then God, uh, kills like the remainder of everybody that Joshua doesn't kill with hell stones. I'm guessing those are the hail, hail stones. Uh, I heard hell. So that's what we're going with. Oh, okay. um, God. And I then mean, to be fair, hell stones would be like fire and hail stones are ice. So it matters. Okay. Uh, then God steps in and stops the moon and the sun in the sky, thus proving a geocentric universe, a flat earth, and all this other shit. Um, and then the five kings bitch out to some cave. After their entire people are slaughtered, they bitch out to a cave, and God's like, Joshua, go get them. And so Josh goes, gets them, and um, crucifies them. Uh, you can disagree with me all that that you want to. And then Joshua starts on his southern campaign with the southern uh, gangs. Uh, probably the jets and the sharks. Um, the I mean that's that would be where Puerto Rico is, and that's what that movie's about. Uh, they destroy all the cities and murked everybody in them, including the little babies, because God is good uh, all the, the time. Yeah. Then the northern gangs get a little pissed at Jay Busy, and uh, <laughs> they they wrapped them up with hamstrings. I don't know why they made strings out of ham, but apparently that's what happened. And then. Phase one is complete. Now on to phase two. <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ha, we'll get to the hamstring thing, not strings of ham. They they made little strings of ham and no. they tied them up in them. No. It immobilized them. No, it's way worse than that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> You'll get there someday, honey. Mm-hmm.
What's up, humans? How, How y'all doing? doing? Uh, today, of course, you know what we're going to go over, and I'm going to hand it over to KC right now. Yes. And uh, we're going to get started on this gang war. Let's do it. To it. Okay, so today we're going to be going over Joshua's chapter 9 through 12, and there is a lot of slaughter today. Oh, so, yeah. We love a good slaughter. Genocide. Yeah, you know, all over the place. You know, that Purge movie got like four sequels or three sequels and a TV series. Yeah. So people love slaughter. Yeah, this is serious. This is like serious kill everyone slaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to go, we're going to have a lot of that and we'll go through basically each of the regions in which they do that. And, um, it's a good story today. All right. You ready? Oh, I'm, I, my anus is prepared. <laughs> I do have to say before we start, though, I think it's interesting. You know, the little gray boxes at the beginning of the, ch- of the sections that we've talked about where they have the, like, summary and apologetics. Mm-hmm. I thought this was interesting. It says here, even now the cost in Canaanite lives is shocking. And once again, a moral issue is raised. So they recognize that genocide is generally speaking, not a moral thing, right? <clears throat> Particularly because the Israelites themselves are the invaders. So they also understand that the Israelites are the intruders in this company. They are the aggressors. They are the offense in this whole situation. Company or country? Did I say company? Um, I didn't mean country. I didn't. You said company. I didn't mean company either. <laughs> <laughs> they're the they're the aggressors in this instance. Right. Okay, they're they're the aggressors, they're the offense, right? And so they're coming into these these cities and taking over. And so they recognize that that's what they are, right? Right. However, here you ready for the apologetic, honey? Oh, I'm I'm so ready. The record hints that God is using the Israelites as an instrument for punishing the pagan Canaanites for their continual wickedness. So it's not the Israelites' fault, and you can't fault them, and they're not doing anything wrong, because God is using them as his instrument. Well, and, the, and, and the Canaanites brought it on themselves because they're wicked. Okay, well, I love the vagueness of it just it being, oh, they're wicked, so, yeah, kill them. But, um, you know, I find it quite odd how God can, you know, call up snakes randomly to, like, bite the Israelites or, or, or have a sarlacc pit swallow a whole bunch of them. Or uh, send like, fireballs. Or send people. fireballs or flood an area or something like that. Out of everything that he uses, he has to use the Israelites to kill all these people. Like, he has to get somebody else to do his own dirty work. Well, and it's interesting because all of the Canaanites weren't killed despite the stories. Well, yeah, because in this, they're going to say that they were utterly destroyed. They killed all of the Canaanites. They just destroyed them all. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's in, um, oh, was it Libya now? I think it's Libya I can't remember, but they found genetics yeah. that date back to what would be the Canaanite people. But anyway, there's no there's no historical evidence that mass slaughters like this happened. 
Um, there's, there's no evidence of that. And there would be, you would find a bunch of mass graves, um, of people that all died around the same time of war wounds or whatever, you know, you would find this there. Oh, uh, is Lebanon, sorry, Lebanon, Lebanese people are, some of them are, 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 uh, descendants of the Canaanites. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting that, that, you know, they, they deny history and they actually make up history, like the apologetics of it all. Yeah. Okay. So you ready? Oh, more than ready, honey. Joshua chapter nine. Now, when all the Kings west of the Jordan heard about these things and we're talking about how they killed people last time, right? Yes. Because we went over that. This is West Side. Yeah. This was, uh, when they destroyed, um... Uh, uh, fuck, I'm losing the name of the city. Jericho. When they destroyed Jericho in AE. Yeah, did anybody else think of the west side symbol, like making your hand into a W? I mean, I you saw know, you do it. West side. <laughs> like, you guys can't see it, but I'm I'm doing a perfect rendition of it. Yeah. It's it's a mixture of John Cena and west side. West side. You can't see them white and doing this. Okay, okay, honey. So, yeah, they heard about what happened in Jericho and A.E., all right? So. A.E. A.E. Fonzieville, as I like to call it. Oh, for God's sake. Can I get through this one? Yes, you can. Okay. So those in the hill country and the western foothills and along the entire coast of the Great Sea, and the Great Sea is the Mediterranean, if anybody wanted to know, as far as Lebanon, uh, the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. They came together to make war against Joshua and Israel. All Gotta right? love the Jebusites. I know you love the Jebusites. Uh, however, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. Ooh, the Gibbies. The, the Gibbies are part of a ruse. The Gibeonites. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. The, me- the men put a worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the men of Israel, We have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. The men of Israel said to the Hivites, but perhaps you live near us. How then can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? They answered, your servants have come from a very distant country because the fame of the Lord your God, for we have heard reports of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan. Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. <laughs> Og sounds like something that, uh, like, like a caveman. That would be his yeah. name. <laughs> who lives next door to you? Og, Og. live next door. <laughs> okay. And our elders and all those living in our country said to us, take provisions for your journey. Go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins we filled were new, but see how cracked they are. And our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. 
The men of Israel sampled their provisions, but did not inquire the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. So three days after, and notice they say they didn't ask God. <laughs> I, I, I could just imagine Donald Trump's like, bad deal. This is a <laughs> horrible deal. Never seen a worse deal in my life. Yeah. Okay, so three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. So the Israelites set out on the third day and came to their cities, Gibeon, uh, Kephara, Beroth, and Kirath Jerem. I hate these words. (laughs) K-Jizzy. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, though they did not consult him. Oh, that is a bad fucking move right there. Right? The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders, but all the leaders answered, We have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. This is what we will do to them. We will let them live so that the wrath will not fall on us for breaking an oath we swore to them. They continued, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community. So the leader's promise to them was kept. So essentially they were made, they were made slaves. They were made their workers. They're bitches. Yes, they're bitches. <laughs> I could just imagine like one of the Israelites coming out, like yanking out his pocket, being like, hold this pocket, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you my bitch now. You understand me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Joshua, once they figured out, they figured all this out. Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, why did you deceive us by saying we live a long way from you when actually you live near us? You are now under a curse. You will never cease to serve as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, your servants were clearly told how the Lord your God has commanded his servant Moses to give you the whole land and to wipe out all its inhabitants before you. So we feared for our lives because of you, and that is why we did this. We are now in your hands. Do to us whatever seems good and right to you. So wait, hold on. Did he just, did Josh just sort of, Pimp walk into the place and was like, "You're all my bitches in the now." Yeah, and that, yeah, kind of. That, that's what he did. I mean, yeah. it's not like he had to take him over or anything. He just pimp walked in there and be like, "Y'all fuck me over." So guess what? You're carrying my piss buckets around from now on. <laughs> Pretty much, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Joshua saved them from the Israelites, and they did not kill them. Uh, the day that day, he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the community and for the altar of the Lord at the place the Lord would choose. And that is what they are to this day. Well, and yeah, uh, it's in, it's interesting that so like apologists will paint this as like a good thing because they enslaved the Gibbies. They gave them jobs for life, honey. That's called slavery, though. <laughs> like when you're doing it because you're forced to and not because you're actually getting pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's slavery. Yeah. And a lot of apologists won't admit that. They'll be like, it's indentured servitude. They can leave whenever they want. Oh, yeah, they can leave, and then they'll die as soon oh, as yeah, they start to leave. Yeah, they can't leave. They're cursed. Joshua cursed them. Right. So they like can't leave. Like a witch. <laughs> so they can't leave. Um, okay, so because Gibeon did this, it pissed off the other kings. 
um, in the in the I think we are we in the northern region here still. Yeah, I can imagine the meeting of the five kings. Oh they're no, just, we're west. We're west region right now. Sorry. They're like pimp walking around the table, and it's like, man, them Gibeonites is bitches. <laughs> we yeah. ain't gonna bitch out, are we? And then he like cocks his gat back and he fires <laughs> it in the air. It's like, are we bitches? <laughs> so so Adani Zedek, the king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and were living near them. He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai, and all of its men were good fighters. So Adani Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, uh, Japhia, king of uh, Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Iglon, joined forces. They moved up with all of their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. Okay. Ooh, wow. So what does that mean? Like they threw rocks at it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. They hurled insults. That's what they did. <laughs> I don't know. They probably were coming into the city in sword fighting. Y'all bitches! And then they <laughs> hide behind a rock. Yeah. So the Gibeonites sent word to Joshua uh, at the camp at Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all of the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. I am not sure how he did that, but that's what he did. Um, who defeated them in great victory at Gibeon. <laughs> Hold on. Can you just imagine being on the battlefield and God swishes his finger and then all of a sudden they just throw down their swords and start doing like the chicken dance or something? The Macarena. <laughs> or the Macarena. <laughs> they start dancing, speaking in tongues and shit. And, it's just, and they're just like, I don't know, guys. It's kind of like shooting a fish in the barrel at this point. <laughs> So Israel pursued them along the road, going up to Beth Haran, and cut them down all the way to Azekah and uh, Makedah, as they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Az Azekah. The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky, and more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. So more died from hail. Hail. Than, than the Israelites actually killed. So in, in why this particular battle? Right. So I mean, why did why did why couldn't God just do that for every fucking city? M more importantly, um, you know, uh, what was it? Um, Sodom and Gomorrah was taken out by in similar fashion, except not hail, but it was fired rocks, yeah. hell rocks, I guess. Hell, hell rocks. <laughs> hell rocks. <laughs> so why couldn't he have? Just done with like why did he need why like why couldn't uh, you know Joshua just be like hey God can you take out these bitches over here please just bomb them real quick you know well, use one of your UAVs well so I think part of the reason is that God in the story of course God would have wanted 
anyone else on Earth besides, you know, the people in this area and this region to fear the Israelites. And because he was going to give them this land, right? So if God took everybody out and then just the Israelites just came in and set up camp, that's not really that scary. Well, I don't know. I mean, if, uh, you know, if, if if it was known that, you know, the Israelites called upon God to do it and they could get God to do it any time, I don't see the difference in that and actually physically doing it. Well, maybe not, but maybe it was just in, within the story more useful for people to fear God and the Israelites. Mm, I guess. I don't know. Plus, it makes more interesting story, right? Oh, yes, and it also definitely paints God in this whole loving kind of <laughs> picture that they always want to paint him as. Yeah. Okay. So, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord has listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Okay. So I did some quick research for this particular part because it's pseudoscience. And I know that normally I like to talk about dicks and gang wars and stuff. <laughs> but uh, just so you know, if the earth did suddenly stop spinning, uh, the atmosphere would still be in motion. Uh, and so like at the equator, uh, you know, we're moving at about 1100 miles an hour, uh, you know, due to the rotation of the earth. So that's basically if the earth stops moving and the sun stops moving, even for a whole day, uh, even for just a, a second, the entire, like, like the, um, atmosphere is going to keep going. So the atmosphere, so the sun is going to stop spinning and rotating, or mm -hmm. it's going to stop orbiting the sun for a day mm -hmm. and it's going to stop spinning around and around. Right. And so the atmosphere would leave the earth because it's going to keep going forward. No, 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 no. not oh, okay. that. The, the atmosphere is still spinning. Oh, okay. At that rate. And what would that do to? Well, I mean, people? it would, it, it, okay. So imagine you're in paint or something, right. And uh -huh. you've got like a beautiful masterpiece uh -huh. and then you take the eraser and you just sort of erase all that shit, uh -huh. that's what would happen. The, the, the atmosphere would keep moving in the circular pattern uh, of the spherical Earth, and it would pretty much, anything that's not bolted down to, like, like uh, uh, what would they say, bedrock, mm -hmm. it, would, it would be totally wiped off the Earth. Like, it, it, would, it would be uprooted, okay. you know, move thousands of miles or whatnot. Um, and so for it to stop for a full day, yeah, I mean, you're talking about like, like a nuclear blast, like 10 times a nuclear blast just for 24 hours. Constant. The wind, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it would wipe everything off, off the earth. The, like it would totally displace the oceans. Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be really devastating for this to actually happen. Yeah. Also, you can tell that this was written at a time when people thought that the sun orbited around the earth right. or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, when apologists want to say, hey, 
they never actually thought this. They thought that it was like, a, you know, um, uh, maybe a globe or whatever. Uh, they might be able to fight you on the flat earth part, but on the whole, like, uh, geocentric part, they don't have, they don't stand a chance because this is obviously evidence of that. Right. Well, here's the other thing is this is not recorded anywhere in history. <laughs> well, of course not. We're all, <laughs> we're all still like, like, uh, the, the entire planet was never wiped off. Yeah. Y- you know, right, well, I mean, there least. are, there are weather events and there are other kinds of, there are other like eclipse events and things like that, that are recorded in history. Yeah. Um, this is not, of course. And this not. would kind of be a big deal. You would think. Yeah. So moving right along five Kings. Okay. So the five Kings of, uh, the Amorites, right. They went to attack Gibeon and we know that they had problems. People were killed by the, Israelites who came to rescue the Gibeonites and the hailstones, but the Kings went to hide. So Joshua returned with all of Israel to the camp at Gilgal. The five Kings had fled and hidden in the cave at Makedah. Uh, when Joshua was told that the five Kings had been found hiding in the cave, he said, roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it, but don't stop. Pursue your enemies, attack them from the rear, and don't let them reach their cities, for the Lord your God has given them into your hand. So basically, keep killing as many people as you can possibly kill, but put stones over the fucking mouth of this cave and make sure those kings don't get out because I'm a coming, right? (laughs) Make sure you keep them in one place because I've got my bitch uh, hand. Yeah, my bitch bitch slap hand. hand, It's all warmed up just... So uh, Joshua and the Israelites destroyed the people completely, almost to a man, but the few who were left reached their fortified cities. The whole army then returned safely to Joshua at the camp at Makedah, and no one uttered a word against the Israelites. Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring the five kings to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army of commanders who had come with him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all of the enemies that you are going to fight. Then Joshua struck and killed the kings and hung them on five trees, and they were left hanging on the trees until evening. At sunset, Joshua gave the order, and they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had been hiding. At the mouth of the cave, they placed large rocks, which are still there to this day. Yeah. So uh, earlier I said uh, that he crucified them. And now, of course, I'm not talking about Roman crucifixion, but uh, crucifixion is just a, a whole family really, of execution and torture uh, methods. And, and, of course, this isn't execution or torture, but it's still considered crucifixion even if it's the death comes before the actual hanging of the bodies on on a piece of wood or on a tree or something like that. Uh, so when, uh, you know, when you read this, um, you, should, you should really read it in the context of what they knew like this to be at the time. Of course, they didn't use the term crucifixion, because that is actually a uh, a thing that was was you know developed later, um, 
and and even then the idea of a crux simplex was used even it was used even later than that uh but uh we've been able to identify this whole family of different execution torture and uh, i guess display methods but anyways go ahead okay so are you ready now we finish the western campaign are you ready for the southern campaign Ooh, they are about to take on the confederates <laughs> Better watch out. I heard that they shoot down pterodactyls. That's what I heard, on too. On their off days. There's even pictures on it, but on the internet, you can go look it up. True. Yeah, true story. do it. Facts. Facts. Also, Steven Spielberg killed a triceratops. Wow, that's amazing. I know, right? I mean, there are it's pictures horrible. of that. I've seen it. I know. He's a big game hunter, and he should feel horrible about it. Yeah. I mean, triceratops are basically, like, endangered, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, almost, like, extinct. Almost. <laughs> I mean, except for the one that uh, Steven Spielberg killed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that day, Joshua took Makeda. He put the city and its kings to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it. He left no survivors. And he did to the king of Makeda as he had done to the kings to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Makeda to Libna and attacked it. The Lord also gave that city to it and its king to Israel's hand. The city and everyone in it Joshua put to the sword. He left no survivors there, and he did to its king as he had done to the king of Jericho. Which is kill. Killed yeah, them. He ki- now, keep in mind, that when they say they killed everybody, I mean... Everybody. Everybody. This includes, like, you know... Little boys, little girls, babies, babies, women. pregnant women. Yep, everybody. All just everybody was utterly destroyed in all these. Yeah. So the the thing that apolog- apologists will say about this is that at the time, like during that time period, that was normal. That was a normal thing of war that you did when you took over a place. You killed everyone so that basically what they did wasn't any different than what anybody else would do so it like wasn't extra brutal it was fine it was understate it's understandable given the time well yeah but then you can't claim this whole idea of objective morality and how god you can only have morality if god's around because or that life is precious yeah or that that life is precious and all this other shit because life isn't precious to a god and honestly i wouldn't expect life to be precious to a god they don't have one. Well, not only that, but I mean, it's an immortal God. And so I don't, I don't see how an immortal person or thing can really cherish life when he can't die. Right. Okay. So then Joshua and all of Israel with him moved on from Libna to Lachish and took up positions against it and attacked it. The Lord handed Lachish over to Israel and Joshua took it on the second day. The city and everyone in it he put to the sword, just as he had done to Libna. Meanwhile, Horam, king of Gezer, had come up to help Lachish, but Joshua defeated him and his army until no survivors were left. Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Lachish to Eglon. They took up positions against it and attacked it. They captured it that same day and put it to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it, just as they had done in Lachish. Then Joshua and all Israel with him went up from Eglon to Hebron and attacked it. They took the city and put it to the sword together with all with its king, its villages, and everyone in it. They left no survivors. Just as Eglon, they totally destroyed it and everyone in it. 
Then Joshua and all Israel went with him, turned around, and attacked Debir. They took the city, its king, and its villages, and put them to the sword. Everyone in it they totally destroyed. They left no survivors. They did it to they did to Debir and its king as they had done to Libna and its king and to Hebron. So Joshua subdued the whole region, including the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, and the mountain slopes, together with all their kings. He left no survivors and totally destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua subdued them from Kadesh, uh, Barnea, to Gaza, and from the whole region of Goshen to Gibeon. All the kings in their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign, because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Uh, then Joshua returned with all of Israel to the camp at Gilgal. So that was the southern battle. Oh, nice. Well, campaign, the southern campaign. All right. They, they took out them southern gangs rather quickly. Yeah. Okay, next, the Northern Confederation. Ooh, there's a Northern Confederates? Now, hold on. I don't think that's a thing. It's a thing in the Middle East, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, when Jabin, king of Hazor, heard of this, he sent word, word to Jabab, king of Madden, uh, to the kings of Shimron and uh, Akshaf, to the northern kings who were in the mountains in the Arabah south of Kinnereth, to the western foothills and in Nafoth Dor on the west, to the Canaanites in the east and the west, to the Amorites, uh, Hittites, Perizzites, and Jebusites in the hill country, and to the Hivites below Hermon, uh, to the region of Mizpah. They came out with all of their troops in large numbers of horses and chariots, a huge army as numerous as the sands on the seashore. And these kings joined forces and made camp together at the waters of Mermum to fight against Israel. Okay? So they were starting to figure it out. We can't do this alone. They're going to come after us city by city, so we have to get together. Right? Yeah, but it was fruitless. And that's what they did. <laughs> The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them because this by this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them over to Israel slain. You are to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. So this is where the string and, and ham. Yeah. Okay. So hamstringing is where it's a method of torture. And, all, and basically what they do is you cut all the tendons and ligaments in the hamstring um, of either a person or an animal to incapacitate it. It's very, very painful. Also, it makes it to where they can't fucking walk, right? Oh, wow. And they just leave them alive like that. Uh, to, uh, I mean, I want, can you just like never walk again, I guess? Well, I mean, not, not in this day. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were, you were, you were fucked in, at this point. I mean, perhaps if someone was hamstringed or cut across their hamstring like that, um, perhaps with multiple surgeries, the damage could be repaired, but I'm not certain of that. Um, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, well, definitely nothing that they had at this time. So basically, no. let me get this straight. Well, they're going to die. I mean, the they'll bleed out. Right, so the loving God of mercy and just being good all the time, forgiveness, kindness, everything like that. All love. Is, is going to hamstring a bunch of people. And horses. then, huh? Horses. Oh, 
They don't hamstring the people. They hamstring the horses. Yeah. What the fucking horses do to them? <laughs> I don't I, know. I thought, but... I, I thought they were talking about doing this to people. No, no, and... no. God told, the Lord said to Joshua, you are to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. What the fuck did the horses do? <laughs> they were on their side. You're either what? on Israel's side or you're on the other side and you oh. get killed. Well, I mean, why didn't they just kill the horses instead of hamstring them? I don't know. And normally they do kill the cattle and horses and livestock and shit. Normally they do just kill them. Um, but I don't know why this was special. Um, I mean, but at this point, isn't it, it, instead of just you know doing the hamstring, don't they just cut off the feet or something? I mean, No, they hamstring them. So, fucking assholes. Yeah. So Joshua and his whole army came against them suddenly at the waters of Merom and at- or, sorry Merom, and attacked them. And the Lord gave them over to the hand of Israel. They defeated them and pursued them all the way to Greater Sidon, to the Misrephoth Maim, and to the Valley of Mizpah on the east. And no survivors were left. Joshua did to them as the Lord had directed. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots. Well, of course he did, because if you don't do what God says, you're going to get fucked and not in that good, godly way. Well, I mean, so here's the deal. They walk everywhere. You've already done killed everybody. Use their horses and chariots to fucking get from point A to point B without getting fucking so tired. Yeah, I don't know why they have to kill, like, everything, including livestock, because you would (laughs) think... You would think with as much sacrificing as they do on a daily basis, they, they would, would need, need it. it. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. It's not like one day a cow is going to be like, do you know what this motherfucker did to my owner? And like, <laughs> and like come up against them. It's, it's a cow. It's not, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's really not that big. It's, it's really not that deep. Um, so at that time, Joshua turned back and captured Hazor and put its king to the sword. Hazor had been the head of all of the kingdoms, so he was the he was like the leader of this confederation. Um, everyone in this confederation they put to the sword. They totally destroyed them, not sparing anything that breathed. And he burned up Hazor itself, the city. So this is the only city that Joshua actually completely destroyed. Right. Burned everything in the city. Um, Joshua took all of these royal cities and their kings and put them to the sword. He totally destroyed them as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. Yet Israel did not burn any of the cities built on their mounds except Hazor, which Joshua burned. The Israelites carried off for themselves all the plunder and livestock of these cities. So some of the cities, they didn't kill all the livestock, but some of them they did. Right. Because we've read about that earlier. Um, but the people, but all the people they put to the sword until they completely destroyed them, not sparing anyone that breathed. Including little kids and children. Yes. Well, little kids and children are the same. Well, I I meant babies and children and stuff. Just give you guys like an actual. As the, as the Lord commanded his servant Moses. So Moses commanded Joshua and Joshua did it. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. So Joshua took this entire land, the hill country, all the Negev, the whole region of Goshen, the western foothills, the Arabah, the mountains of Israel with their foothills from Mount Halak, which rises towards Seir, to Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon below Mount Hermon. He captured all their kings and struck them down, putting them to death. 
Joshua waged war against all these kings for a long time, except for the Hivites living in Gibeon. Not one city made a treaty of peace with the Israelites who took them all in battle. Yeah, they were going to be tricked by that shit again. Of course they didn't. (laughs) When nobody else tried. The Gibeonites are the only people who tried. Well, yeah, that's because they heard about the Gibbies and was like, I don't know, die or bitch out. Can't bitch out. (laughs) Okay. So this is a really important verse right here. You ready? Uh, uh, my, My anus is prepared. For it was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts to wage war against Israel so that he might destroy them totally, exterminating them without mercy as the Lord had commanded Moses. Oh, okay. So let me get this straight real quick. Tell me if I'm getting anything wrong. Mm -hmm. God is commanding the Israelites to kill these people. Mm -hmm. And God is hardening these people's hearts so that they won't given to God and they won't worship God. So the Israelites have to kill these people. Yes. How fucked up is this? Yeah. It's the same thing that happened in Egypt. There's no free will here. It's the exact same thing that happened in Egypt with the Pharaoh where he hardened Mm -hmm. his heart so that he wouldn't listen and he would do exactly what God said he was going to do. Basically God hardened his heart to make him do that thing so that he could punish them. And that's the same. So, it's um, the same thing that happened yeah, here. Yeah, so what you're saying is is that this particular conquest by Joshua is a parallel to what happened with Moses and Pharaoh. Yes. And um, God pretty much just wanted to see little babies get murdered. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the whole point of kill. I mean, I guess the point of killing everybody, um, like everybody, is that then no one will come up against you at a later point in time for revenge, um, you know, to avenge the death of their whoever. But if you, I mean, even if you kept the kids under what, two, three, Mm -hmm. um, and all the babies, even if you killed everyone, but them, they would never even know that they weren't part of your, you know what I mean? Like they wouldn't have any memories before then. Well, right. Uh, but did did you know that like serial killing psychopaths sometimes are impotent unless they are at the location in which they killed somebody? I have heard about that. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that this is just the only way that God can masturbate. <laughs> you think? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a serial... He needs seri- genocide in order He needs to- genocide in order to get off. And oh. I mean, he did it hundreds of years ago with Moses. Was that hundreds? No, that wasn't hundreds of years. Was it? It might have been. It was. It was pretty far removed from Moses, I guess. From from com- here, this here to compared to Moses, like the last like time, from Joshua compared to Moses. No, that was no. That's not hundreds of years. No, because that was like um, maybe I don't know. It took. I w- okay. So it took forty years, right, from Egypt to get to not into the promised land, but to where they could go to into the promised land. Right. And then they've been defeating everybody. And it says it took a long time. Um, so 40 to 50 years, maybe, maybe less than 50. Well, I mean, but, at that time, it, that that's a lifetime's worth. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Cause of life expectancy. But it didn't take, it wasn't hundreds of years. No, no, no. It wasn't hundreds of years. It was at least one lifetime's worth. But I mean, if you think about it, I mean, on one hand, God uh, hardened the heart of Pharaoh so that he could get off watching Pharaoh kill, like, a whole bunch of kids. Or, or well, not Pharaoh. God, God, God could kill a whole kill, bunch of kids. God could kill a whole bunch of kids. And now this time they hardened the heart so that God could also take part in the killing, but also have the Israelites kill 
all, yeah. all the all the men, women, and children. This is a sick psychopathic god and book in general, and I don't know why you would want to teach your children this at all. <laughs> I don't either. That's the thing that that's interesting to me is like, I get that the apologetic is that God was punishing them for being wicked. So the 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 whole idea of it is if you don't worship God and follow his commands, then God will not be with you and you will die. You're fucked. Right. And so you I mean, that's that's the that's the point of this is to show that God is powerful. God will take out anybody who comes up against his people. And if you you need to be part of his people in order to be protected. But I mean, he does a lot of shitty things to his people, too. But it's because they earned it because they were wicked. So, I mean, it's it's really twisted. It, the, the whole story is really twisted. And that's why I think that me personally, that's why one of the reasons why I'm an anti-theist. And I think that indoctrination is so harmful to people psychologically. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just a mess. No, I agree. Yeah, totally. OK, so you ready to finish this out? Yes. OK, so at that time, Joshua went and destroyed the Anakites from the hill country from Hebron, Debir, and Nob, from all the hill country of Judah, from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua totally destroyed them in their towns. No Anakites were left in the Israelite territory. Only in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod did any, sur did any survive. So Joshua took the entire land just as the Lord had directed Moses, and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal divisions. Then the land had rest from war. Um... So then uh, that's the end of Joshua chapter 11. In Joshua chapter 12, what they do is they go through the kings who were defeated. Um, basically, two kings were defeated by Moses, Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon. And then it talks about all the areas that he ruled, um, which is really not that important. Um, but it, this was east of the Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the, in Moses was also responsible for uh, the territory, killing the king Og, who had the territory of Bashan. Um, and then it goes through all of the borders of Bashan. It's really not necessary to go over here. Um, but Moses, the servant of the Lord and the Israelites conquered them. And then Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave that land to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh for their possession. So if you remember those two and a half tribes stayed east of the Jordan, except for the fighters. You know, the fighters came forward, but they're going to go back. So Moses defeated Moses and the Israelites defeated two kings. The Israelites under Joshua's command defeated 31 kings. Do you want me to go over all the kings? No, I don't think I don't think you have to go over all the kings. I mean, he, he killed 31 versus Moses's two. I think we know who's the badass motherfucker here. <laughs> Yeah, so are, are you sure you know what I'm going to go over? I mean, so if, if you're really wanting to read all those fucking names, I guess. I don't really want to. But there's, anyway, there's 31 kings, and Joshua kills all of those kings, and the Israelites kill every single person, living human being, and non-living human being that would be, like, in a pregnant woman. They killed everything um, in 31 cities. Because, honey, God is good all the time. And all the time. God is good. Yes, sir. <laughs> I think that we should say that after every time God is just shitty as fuck. 
Don't you? I mean, it just it just feels right. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay, so that's all for today. Next time we are going to go over how they divide the promised land, which we've kind of gone through a little bit already earlier. Um, but it kind of it basically goes through what tribes get what cities. So it might be next time might be a little bit boring. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to go through what everybody gets um, next time. Yeah, I think next time might end up being kind of a short one if that's all it is, because then we can just kind of summarize it. You know, we can actually do two of them because it takes two of them to get through all of the cities. Oh, okay. We could just do two days in one. Um, I mean, we've done that before. We have, um, because it takes... Or we could we could skip the two... Uh, days that have the city split up because I don't think that necessarily matters to the story of who gets what cities because there's really it's really just a lot of city names and area names and boundaries um, and we could just go straight to Joshua's farewell address oh okay well uh, we're going to figure that out off podcast yeah. and uh, I guess we'll see you heathens next week uh, and, um, you know, when we might, we may be going over the, uh, farewell address. Yeah. Uh, so we hope that you guys enjoyed it today. If you will give us a like, uh, subscribe if you like this kind of podcast and, uh, consider becoming a patron. We have a patron only show that we release beforehand where we discuss kind of where we're going with all this stuff and it's a little fun. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you can get that if you're a patron. So don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.